Hi, everybody. It's Kimberly. I am an eternal life student, which simply means human. At the end of the day, that really is the only title that we need. I think people are like walking books. We can learn so much from each other. I can learn from you and you can learn from me and together we're stronger. So today we're having a podcast um, with our guest, Adrian McCrow. Hi, Adrian. How are you doing? Hello, Kimberly. Fine, thanks. So today's topic I'm very fascinated with. Um, I know you're very talented and um, you have a, a, a lot of experience behind you. Um, we're going to talk about poetry. So tell me what does poetry mean for you? What's the importance behind it? I think it's a way of expressing the emotions because I think men are very bad at that. Yeah. You don't have as much empathy as women. So your emotions can get bottled up. And I think poetry gives you some form of release, you know? Definitely. I mean, it's more than just words, right? It's not just yeah, words on paper. Because words are like leaves on trees. All the leaves have different words on and the di different poem, poets will pick the different leaves off and they're all the same words, but it depends on what order you put them down in and it means so many different things, you know? Very true. Yeah. You can read the same poem, different people, but it will have a different meaning for each person too, depending on what has happened in their life. That's right. When, when, when anybody asks me, what the poem's about, I always say to them, what do you think it's about? Smart. And you're often surprised at the answer you get. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I think when people read poetry, they've got a different, a whole different slant on it than even the poet meant. I mean, I could tell you what my poems are about. Sometimes they're about nothing at all. Some <laughs> of them are nonsense, you know? Right. But people ascribe a deeper meaning to them. That's and true. I don't know why, but I, I don't stop them. And if they say, <laughs> oh, that's really deep, I go, oh, oh great. Because <laughs> I think I'm quite shallow, to be honest. They're shallow, deep enough. Oh, you know? really? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Some people are deep and quite shallow, and some people are quite shallow, but very deep. Kind of both think, ways, right? <laughs> right. Well, and you change during during the, your lifetime, and you also change during the day as well. That is true. You're always learning, so everything is always changing. It just keeps continuously changing, right? Yeah, and I think it depends what time of day you write them. If you write them very early in the morning, they're quite upbeat. If you write them late at night, they're quite dark. Ah, uh, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're a night owl, you know. <laughs> Well, sometimes I am and sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I'm in bed for half past eight and other times I don't go to bed till two o'clock, you know? Right. Depends when inspiration hits you too, right? All of a sudden something can can uh, trigger a thought and then you're like, okay, let's let's write about this and, and get that feeling out, get that emotion going. Well, it does, yeah. And it, it right, because you can even be at the shops and I don't know... What happens at the shop?
leaders shopping, just so I remember, well, you know, and then when I get home, I write them down. I actually carry a little notebook with myself because I get these random ideas. I could be driving, walking around, just like you said, and yeah. um, I think I'm going to remember them and later I don't. So I started to carry this tiny little oh. notebook with me. You might be watching a film. Where'd you go? I lost you. Hey, I've got the message. It's recorded. Yep. Um, that was Lewis Carroll. He was writing. He started writing a poem, and somebody knocked on his door, and he went to answer the door. And when he came back, he couldn't get back into it. He forgotten what he was going to say. So I think it's very important to carry something around so you can record your thoughts in it. You know, I use a phone. Yeah. But you use a book. It's, it works both ways. Definitely. Yeah. No, and nowadays with technology, the phone, you can just record right to it. Well, that's right. Well, mine's got a notebook in it and it's handy for, for keeping the track of things like that, you know? Yeah. And then I can send the poems when I've polished them because um, I generally leave, it, leave them for a day mm -hmm. until they until I want to make any changes and I think, oh, I didn't really want to say that and I change a few things around and then I send them to my computer and then I put my computer and my printer upstairs okay. and I print them out into hard copy and I've got them. And it's, I, go, I go to a lot of these open mic things and I run one myself. And okay. so it's very handy to have the hard copy to read out, you know. Definitely. How long have you been doing the open mic? Um, oh, I think the last, because the ones I was going to, they didn't really give the poets a chance. It was more about the person who was running it. Oh, uh, yeah, they that happens. The and, they, they, and they sort of took credit almost for other people's work, which I thought was a bit oh, odd. Wow. And um, when I started my open mic, it was, it was fairer and everyone's equal. And they said, mm -hmm. why, does, why don't you make people stand up? I says, because when everyone's down, everyone feels at the same level, no matter how experienced you are or inexperienced you are, no one feels threatened or nervous or anything like that. So we do ours sitting down around the table in a pub. Oh, I like that. I like that. There's a, there's a, a local pub. And uh, he lets us have the upstairs room, you know. It's called the plough. But we also, I also go to a history society there as well. Oh, really? That's where there's a little roundhouse next to the pub, which joined onto it. Mm -hmm. And that's where some of the veterans meet up and talk about the problems and things like that. Oh, nice. When the poetry night's over, I go back downstairs and all the guys are there. And we just chat in the corner, you know, just amongst ourselves, sort of helping each other out, you know. That's wonderful. I, I know how you said sometimes it's hard uh, for men to express themselves and that poetry is a good way to do that. Um, have you been able to do that with the veterans? Yeah. yeah. They, they quite like the poetry, especially during the Falklands campaign and things like that, you know. Yeah. Well, it does help. And even the, you know, those dead Desmond circles you get to do with mental health. 
mm -hmm. everyone sits around in a circle and says the, the things that are bothering them. It kind of it's it's almost it's it's like that because they they when they those circles they ask people. to write poems about their and then some of them have talked about or the money goes to the poppy appeal or, or or a forces charity you know so it's got a knock-on effect like that as well oh good yeah no that's really great that's wonderful so i mean poetry isn't people say you know poetry is just about love and happiness and things like that but it can it can be deeper than that and, and it's a way for you to express yourself and um you know for people who have a hard time explaining how they feel it's it's another outlet for them which is wonderful it is really and i think if you want to get a serious point across in a humorous poem which rhymes, people are more inclined to remember your message. That's true. Rhyming, rhyming poetry is easier to remember than prose poetry. I can never remember my prose poems, but the <laughs> rhyming ones, I can, I can sometimes remember quite easily, you know. That's a good point, no, it's true. It yeah, and I think I, I, if, on the serious ones, if I write one that makes me cry, I know I'm onto a good thing. Yes. Sometimes, if you run through tears, you think I'm on a roll. It's wonderful. You get to put your emotions out onto the paper. It's going to be really good, you know. And then you put them on the internet, and people like them, and you think, I knew that was going to go well, you know. Yeah. So, do you read poetry then? Do you, you know, read American poets or English? A long time ago, I used to when I was in college. Honestly, I haven't so much, but it's funny. My son is actually writing a lot of poetry. Um, he likes Edgar Allan Poe. That's that's one of his favorites. Um, so I read his poetry, my son's poetry. <laughs> but I used to I used to write poetry myself, uh, but a lot a long time ago. What you want to do is ask him if he's interested in joining Highland Park poetry because that's run by a lady called Jennifer Dodson in oh, Chicago. Really? Yeah, and uh, I've written a lot of poetry for her. That she, she's, she's, I think she's some sort of professor, oh, and nice. she's obviously got a got got an English doctorate or something like that. Mm -hmm. And they had a lot of statues on campus, oh. and they wanted you to write poetry about these statues, but the statues weren't of people. They were about emotions. Oh, really? Yeah. That's fascinating. I had to pick a statue and write a poem about it, you know? And one of mine, got, and then they put it on a little, put it on the statue, and one of mine got picked to go on the on the statue, so I was... That's, that's wonderful. That's my immortality now. That's somewhere really in cool. Illinois, somewhere in Illinois. And I'll, I'll tell you another funny thing about America. My poems seem to go down better in America than they do in the UK. I don't know. Why. Really? But I like American. Well, I like American poets. I write. I like Robert Frost and Emily Dickinson. Yes. Um, and I don't read much of the English masters. So maybe mine's a little bit more modern for the, than English tastes desire, if you like. You know. Mm -hmm. But I, I do like one. Well, he's not English poet. He's a Welsh poet called R.S. Thomas. Mm -hmm. He was a clergyman in Wales, but he wasn't Welsh. 
Oh, really? He wanted to be Welsh. And so he learned the Welsh language. And he was a funny priest because if people didn't come to his, his, his church, he would walk to their house and knock <laughs> on the door and say, why aren't you coming to church? Oh, and wow, you know, hiding from him. <laughs> and when he died, his son was clearing out his house and they found two boxes of scraps of paper with book there. Oh, wow. And a lot of them... A fun, I've been reading this book for like, I've been reading these three books on and off for the last 10 years. Yeah. I bought them 10 years ago. But this R.S. Thomas, and he's a very hard one because he's, he's, he, because he's a, a priest, he understands theology more possibly than I do. Oh. But some of his poems are very anti-God. So oh, really? In his lifetime, they must have had, I mean, this is going on from 1945 to 1990, this book mm -hmm. of poems that they found. And um, I think during his sort of priesthood or his clergy career, he had had crises of faith. You know, and he, and he, maybe he didn't believe in God sometimes and he had to get back to him, you know. Yeah, Which is yeah. a bit strange for us. You don't, you don't think, I mean, we went in this writer's group I used to belong to, we went to this um, retreat mm -hmm. um, for a writing day out. Okay. Saved some money about their membership fees and everything. And it was this retreat where the clergy go. And I didn't realize they had these places for them to go and sort of re renew their spiritual batteries, if you like. You know? ah, that's so fascinating. They took the pressure off them because they're like performers really, aren't they? When mm -hmm. they're doing the and I, I think if you do that every 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 week, they, you know, week in week out, it, I can I can imagine it coming quite wearing. And so you maybe just have to go somewhere to have a holiday away from it yes. to build yourself back up again. They're they're human they like us. True. They, they had a they had a bar in this place. Which uh -oh. Surprised the hell out of me. And so <laughs> I took full advantage of that immediately. I must admit. I said, well, you've got a bar, is it opening? Yes, what would you like? I said, I'll have a pint of lager, please. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to some of the priests and we got on like a house on fire, you know? Oh my goodness. <laughs> because they say, well, do you believe in God? I says, well, my, my, my only joke I know about theology is, I believe in him, but sometimes I don't think he believes in me. Aww. And that always causes a big sort of looking to sometime in the conversation where you sort of say um, they say well do you believe in God and I say well I try to but mm -hmm. I, I said can you prove to me that God exists and that's a hard one mind me try always to sort of wriggle out on that one exactly you know? so I had a good afternoon talking Aww. no but I mean that's fascinating people don't realize that uh, you know they're human just like us they have their own emotions and feelings and uh, I'm sure hearing everything from everybody they they go through a lot you know so um just like you you know he the the one writer um he he was writing down his feelings and sometimes it was happy and positive and sometimes it was dark because kind of life is like that it has good and bad no matter who you are right he also writes about individuals as well i mean
one got a couple of guys in the village must have been drunkards yeah ah. so he wrote about him quite oh, a really? lot and i thought oh and he he wrote about i mean that's it's a terrible subject to write a poem about you know domestic abuse right but he did, he did it in such a good way that it's almost not about domestic abuse you know yeah no and, and that's just it. it it depends on how you're reading it and what they're trying to to teach you or to feel you know what what their words are trying to show you um it, even though it could be a horrible subject you can leave feeling positive about their message through it you know what they're trying to tell you right i mean some of this some of this stuff in this book his poetry of rs thomas there it's all it took me a year Look out what some of them um, I can of them, but it's it's a it's what it's one of those books for life. You never yeah. stop reading it, you know. You might no, put those it away are great. for a couple of months. And then you get it. Well, they're worth the money, aren't they? I mean, I paid uh what's this? I think I paid £9.99 for it. it. Oh, wow. That's great. And you know what? It's, it's, it's priceless to you. You're learning all these different things from it. You know? How do you put price on the uh, lifelong lessons that you can learn? What did I lose? I this one, Robert. Now, I like met him on a train once. And oh, yeah? Year, well, wasn't doing very Frost and Robert Frost said it he just said keep on plugging away and somebody will eventually get interested you know oh, and nice. so Edward Lear went on to write the very famous drop you see was it Edward Lear no I don't think it was <laughs> and Willie William Edward, something like that. Anyway, I forgot about <laughs> it. But Robert Frost was one put a book of his that I didn't really like, and it was called Cottage. And then one day, I, because it was quite a long one, it was about as long. And so one day I, I read it, and I read it until I got it, and then I liked it strongly. Nobody lived it anymore, so all the stuff was still there. And right. they were going to come there for holiday, they never did. Oh. So the house just slipped into a, And I think the last person to live in it was a lady who had in the Civil War in America, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I kind of up-to-dated my poem uh, called Stir of Echoes, which is actually a horror film. Because oh. um, I'm a shameless title stealer. And then <laughs> I wrote about... I wrote about this... Who tried to possible, which was, but I did mention there was desert and men with shorts or Afghanistan. It could be mm -hmm. any of those, those periods. And under my said, You've left that deliberately vague, haven't you? I says, I have, because it mm -hmm. depends what age you are when you read it. So right. an old man would think it was the Second World War. Younger man would think it was Iraq or, or Afghanistan or something like that, you know. 
Yeah, I mean, it's based on perception and what you are living with at that time. Yeah. But it was basically about a lady in ruin, and so I, I made it a similar story, but more up to date, you know? Yeah. And I described her being lonely and sort of living downstairs, you know, how they don't go upstairs to bed anymore. They live in the armchair with a dressing gown on, and one day somebody broke in because and she was lying dead in the fireplace, you know? Wow. It's, it's not exactly the same as the Black Cottage, it's just along the similar theme, you know? Mm -hmm. There's one of Emily Dickinson's I quite like, about her going on a coast trip, mm -hmm. and was driving the... And I quite like that, and I one in a very similar vein, but exactly the same as hers. Just the devil or anything like that, or death. I just mentioned how the inside of the coach was quite nice to sit in, and how the nice and plush and you were running into eternity you know horses yeah it was a very nice way to go because this book in the beginning with emily um she never punctuated oh really the text off somebody who doesn't punctuate it can sometimes seem a little insulting mm. because you haven't read it the way it was written <laughs> so I think it's very we don't, my daughter actually does that she writes me texts and doesn't punctuate and oh really you can, put, you can put your own spin on these you know it's just because I know her that I know what she means but yeah. if, if you don't punctuate nobody gets a clue what it's about and she didn't oh uh, the lady who wrote the journal called Cold Mountain mm -hmm. you ever read that book no I have not my film, film, the well, I saw the film but I didn't read the book Oh really? She she didn't punctuate either. And I think at that time, um, nobody did because huh, all that's the interesting publishers who printed Emily's work weren't actually sure exactly what she was getting at, and yeah. so I try and read them as if they're not punctuated because. If she came back, she would say, that's not what it means. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want a comma or a pause to be put there or whatever. So they got uh, completely wrong, you know? Right, she, no. Another one of these... She's another one of these deep poets that when you read her stuff, what mood you're in, uh, what message you get out of it. That's very I'm, true. With different ones, are, um, depends on the mood you're in, depending. Yeah, no, I mean, it's like with anything, you know, your your mind is set a certain uh, way and, and that will affect everything that you read or listen to or anything like that. I think a lot of poetry favorites apart from one I like um, Coleridge absolutely kids you know and he was a died in the world poet you know but he also painted as well oh really I, as well 
you think that the, the most poets also did uh, paintings and other things, not just poetry? I think you're frozen. Stimulate the left hand side of your brain, which is the create the side of your brain. Which... Mm -hmm. oh. Are you there? Hello? I lost you there. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> We're having a little bit of technical technical difficulties. <laughs> for a minute okay there you are can you hear me can, yeah. okay good all right you for a minute there, but you're back again now okay. so you were talking about how um, they also did stopped, painting yeah. and things like that <laughs> that's right the uh, inspiration this Coleridge character Mm -hmm. He used to mix Lake Brandy with laudanum and go out during lightning storms. Oh. And, uh, and he got inspiration from that. And I looked it up on the internet on one of the mental health sites. Mm -hmm. Alcohol stimulates the left hand side of your brain, which is to do with creativity. So really? actually having a couple of drinks. I mean, a lot of com comedians become alcoholics because they have to have a drink before they go on. Because it right. makes them more eloquent, you know. Wow. You think it's to, to relax more them? And more and more and more. Or is it to stimulate the mind? Is it, you know, some people do it to relax because they're going to go in audience, but uh, maybe it also stimulates the mind. You're nervous. That's what I think it does. Yeah. I get a bit anxious. I go to the open mics. Or if I'm doing a performance myself, mm -hmm. and so um, I generally have a couple of. Mm -hmm. so I won't get much there because I'm busy performing. Right, right. And it does take the edge off your nerves. You know, mm -hmm. like the, you start to get more and more nervous as the week progresses. You know, and right. by the time night comes, you're kind of getting the butterflies and you. You're starting to, your hands are starting to shake a little bit and you feel and uh, having, a, having a couple of drinks does bring you down a little right and it makes you less, less self-aware mm -hmm. you come off as this really big confident guy when you probably might not be you know <laughs> this is what happened to the comedians years ago I mean right. a lot of them apart from one or two um, there was a, a guy in English comic called Peck. Oh. Went on, he didn't need it. And there was there's Dawson he did the same. Mm -hmm. Because of the, the, the career the most nervous people 
a public speakers, aren't they? Especially I know, it's funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. People think it's natural. They, they don't realize people are nervous talking. That's right, yeah. Even, I think when you get used to it, you're not as nervous. True. I don't think you ever lose the nerves. And there is people who, who are in the entertainment and say, if you're not nervous, you go. Right. And if you are nervous, it's generally good. Yeah. It means you care, you know? <laughs> very true. I've known myself, mm -hmm. but I feel very nervous during that's a good point you have there right so um i'm gonna end our, our our podcast right now um some time has gone by so um i just wanted to see if there was anything you wanted to say to anyone um regarding the importance of poetry or just a message for them Really? I think I've got any real message about me put and you think you're not getting anywhere, just keep on doing this. Yep. Are you there? Can you hear me? Yeah. I can. Okay, let's try this again. Your message got lost. You're, you've been frozen, so I'm going to have to edit and do different things. But um, if you want to tell them the message again, I can add that in. Oh, brilliant, yeah. And all I would say is to other people out there who are worried about not getting anywhere with the poetry and they keep on sending it out and, you know, they get rejected and everything. You've just got to keep on doing it. Yes. And you do get a, a modicum degree of success that you might be happy with. I mean I I never want to be television. I don't want people to me private I'm quite happy where I am.